Welcome and thank you for tuning in to the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. I remember as a kid, during certain annual events, and you kids will have to tell me if you agree with me, like birthdays or Easter or Halloween or Harvest Festival, I would store up candy as much as I could possibly get, put it into a big bag and seal it shut, and I would discipline myself not to eat too much of it because I was hoping that I could get two, three months out of that candy, and I would hide it under my bed or somewhere in my bedroom, and I would just slowly work through it, and it gave me such joy as a kid to know I always had a stash of candy. So I'm curious to know, not just kids, but also you that are young at heart, when you store up candy, do you generally eat it all at once, or are you like me and you like to save it and savor? Who are my eat at once people? I don't relate to you at all. Okay, my wife, you guys have issues. Who are my, who are my store it up people and make it last and count? All right, those are my people. All right, Emma Grace, I like that. I, I also remember as a kid doing BGMC, which we do that at Graceland Kids. BGMC is when you save coins and you save dollars into a yellow barrel called Buddy the Barrel. You bring it into Graceland Kids and you give the money and all the money goes to support whatever the missions project is. And uh, around the, the Fellowship of the Assemblies of God, which is who we're affiliated with and who I'm ordained with, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars over the past 50, 60, 70 years have been given through BGMC. It's absolutely incredible. And I remember doing it as a kid and I would store up my coins and I would store up my dollars in my BGMC barrel. The other day I was reading the Bible, the book of Proverbs, and I read this in Proverbs 2.1. It says, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, And then later down in verse 10, it says, wisdom will enter your heart. And I was struck more than I've ever been when reading this text by the two words, store up. And this psalm was saying to actually store up the commands of God within you. And it just struck me, do I store up the commands of God like that? What am I storing up within me? And when I relate it to candy and how I like to store that up, it's basically telling me I should treat God's commands like I treated candy as a kid and store them up. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the promise of wisdom. You can see the value of wisdom all throughout Proverbs. Verse 12 of the same chapter says, wisdom will save you from wicked men, from men whose words are perverse. Wisdom will save you from the adulterous woman. In chapter 19, verse 8, it says, The one who gets wisdom loves life. The one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. I like the definition of wisdom that it is the application of knowledge. And Solomon, who wrote the book of Proverbs, is saying that if you store up his commands within you, wisdom will enter your heart. And the first idea I want you to reflect on today is you are always storing up something within you. If you're, and by the way, I might have not mentioned, on the digital worship guide are notes for the sermon if you'd like to follow on. They will also be on screen. You are always storing up something within you. I was talking to my oldest daughter a few weeks back, and she's 10 years old, and I'm going to have to pay her a dollar for using this story in my sermon. Actually, $2 now because it's two services, but that's okay. My kids are getting rich off of the, the more services we do. And she was just going through the normal things that kids go through where you sometimes get negative thoughts in your head. 
And sometimes those negative thoughts can even be about yourself. And I started teaching her that simple lesson that hopefully we've all learned to some degree, that your mind is kind of like a constant movie theater that never stops playing. There is something that you are always playing to yourself. It's called self-speak. And I started speaking to her about this and how important it is to think about what you're thinking about and to think about what you are storing up up there in your mind and realizing there's always something that you're storing up. Sometimes it can be extreme negativity towards yourself. Sometimes right now, a lot of us can get glued to the news cycle. And if we get overly glued to that, we can just store up uh, all kinds of negativity in our minds and worry about the world. And it's good to be informed, but it's different to be obsessed and let it control you. Nick and I were talking about this the other day. If you look at the news too much or social media too much, you get all whipped up. (laughs) You get whipped up one way or the other. It doesn't really matter, but you're whipped up. And all of a sudden you're storing up negativity. And you don't even know if what you're storing up is true. Sometimes we can store up anger. We can store up our own insecurity. And the question is, what are you storing up within you? Number two in your notes is right from the text. God calls you to store up his commands within you so that wisdom will enter your heart. And it begs the question, what are his commands? And You know, the Bible, sometimes it gets a bad rap for just trying to tell people a bunch of things not to do. But the word of God also teaches us what to do. And in your notes, number three, one of God's repeated commands throughout scripture is to simply ask him for what you need. So God repeatedly tells us, my son, my daughter, I want you to get this habit of when you need something, ask me. That's actually a command from God. And the key text we're gonna look at today is James 1, 5. And this is a great one to memorize. It says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, You should ask God, that's a command, who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. My wife has actually taught me a lot about asking God for what's in your heart. In fact, we have seen over and over in our lives, if my wife starts talking about something that she feels like our family really needs and she'll include uh, our daughters and soon our son in this as he gets old enough, they start just praying for it and, and just asking God. And I can't even tell you how many times throughout our 13 years of marriage that I can almost predict what the Lord is gonna give us miraculously based on what my wife starts talking about because she begins to ask the Lord. I'm telling you, it's not a a genie in a bottle magic trick, but when it comes to your needs and when you're living a surrendered life before the Lord, God wants you to ask him just like any good father. If my kids need something, I want them to come to me first. Talk to me about it. I want to know what's in your heart. I want to know what you're dreaming about. And God commands us to ask him. I like this commentary from Stephen Cole. When James says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he's not suggesting that some have it together so they have no need for wisdom. The Greek conditional sentence implies that we all lack wisdom when we face difficult trials, but we don't always see our need for God's wisdom. So number four is this, acknowledge your need and ask God for wisdom. Sometimes I think the reason we don't always ask God is because we are not taking the time to really acknowledge our need and our helplessness without him. Are you tracking with me? And I think one of the reasons God always commands us to ask him is because the very nature of asking causes you to humble yourself. 
And God knows humility is the best thing for us. He, he gives grace to the humble. So there's something so powerful about acknowledging our need and saying, God, I actually, I really need your wisdom. And there's a wonderful case study from actually Solomon, the same person who wrote the book of Proverbs, when he first became king, we read about it in 1 Kings 3, 7 through 9. He was taking over for his father, king of the whole kingdom, and here's what he says. Now, Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But listen, but I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. By the way, he was a grown man. But he says, I'm only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. So Solomon right there is modeling for us. If you lack wisdom, acknowledge your need for it. He goes so far as to say, I'm like a little baby that has no idea what to do. And I'm asking you, Lord, to give me a discerning heart heart. And God answered his prayer. He wrote the book of Proverbs. He's considered the wisest person to have ever lived. And looking back at the commentary, there's a beautiful point here when you understand the context of the book of James. It's important when you're studying scripture to think about the context of what's actually happening in that time in history so we can better understand how the scripture is illuminating our own hearts and lives. It's also important to understand the context of the whole book. So rather than just kind of cherry picking verses, understanding the context gives such tremendous power and clarity. Listen to this commentary. As a veteran shepherd of souls, James, the author of this book, knew that it's relatively easy to live as a Christian when things are calm. But it's a much more difficult prospect when the storms of life hit with full force. At such times, it's easy to get off course or even to make shipwreck of your faith. His readers, so the readers that were reading the book of James that he was writing to, they were facing various difficult trials. They were dispersed abroad, mostly due to persecution. They had suffered the loss of their homes and possessions. Imagine it. Many were not able to escape persecution, even in the places to which they had fled. James wanted them to know how to navigate through these trials so they could not only endure, but joyfully endure. But there is a key ingredient that we need to endure trials joyfully so as to bring glory to God, namely God's wisdom. So if you look at the context of this promise in James, back to Chapter one, verse two, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, that perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Number five in your notes, in this case, God's wisdom is not only to avoid trials, but to endure trials joyfully. Isn't that good news? Have any of you had some trials to endure over the past three months? Anybody? I have. I've had some crazy trials to endure. I think our whole planet has been enduring some crazy trials over the last three months. And it is very good news for us today to remember that God's promise to give you wisdom is specifically given in the context of the people of God facing trials of many kinds. I would argue worse trials than we're facing. 
they had actually gotten to the point where they were being attacked for being Christians, some of them being killed, they had lost their homes and lost their possessions. Imagine if we were facing that kind of trial. In some ways, the pandemic, and I've talked to some pastors and friends and mentors of mine have said, in some ways the pandemic and forcing to kind of go underground as the church might prepare us for persecution. Think of it. We're so used to being able to just freely gather and worship and promote what we're doing and all that kind of stuff. But in many places around the world where in fact the church is thriving, it's illegal to gather as the church. It's preparing us for just a little dose of the reality that much of the church around the world faces every day and that much of the church throughout all of history has faced. Yet in that moment, God says, I will give you wisdom. I like how a friend of mine said it, wisdom to not waste the wilderness. You might feel like you're in a wilderness going through a challenging time, but God gives us wisdom to not waste that wilderness. He allows us to still live with joy and allows it to shape us, who we are, shape our mind. I pray to God that as a church, we haven't wasted this wilderness. I don't believe we have. There are stories that I will gradually tell you over the coming months of miracles that God has done over these last three months that likely would have never happened apart from the pandemic. Things that God has done that he has taken what the enemy intended for evil and used it for good. And I pray he will give us more and more wisdom to navigate, to promise. When was the last time you prayed, God, I'm desperate for your wisdom? When was the last time that as soon as a trial hits, whatever it is, it could be relational problems, it could be financial, it could be fear, it could be insecurity. Let your first response be, God, give me wisdom. You have promised me that in the middle of trials, trials of many kinds, you've promised to give me wisdom. And that wisdom allows you to endure that trial with joy. Number six, God's wisdom is especially for when we face trials of many kinds. He will guide you into all truth by his Holy Spirit. And there's one key stipulation, and this is where we're gonna wrap up today. James 1 uh, verse six says this, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. What I believe that means and what scholars agree is that when you ask God for wisdom, remember that you are his beloved child and he promises to give it to you without finding fault. It's simply believing the good news. So don't say, God, give me wisdom, but I'm not really sure if you even care about me. I'm not even really sure if you're there. I'm not even really sure about any of this. Just say, God, I, I believe you're my father. I don't have all the answers. I'm not certain about anything, but I, I believe because of the good news of Jesus, the gospel, which I put my faith in you, Lord, you have called me beloved son. You've called me beloved daughter. And because of that, I'm a child of the king, the all wise king. And when I ask for wisdom, here's what I'm encouraging you to do, church. Believe he's giving you, it to you as you pray it. Believe he's giving you that wisdom as you pray it. You're giving me that wisdom. I humble myself before you and I, I believe you're giving me wisdom. It's again, like I love when my kids approach me with faith and a good attitude of gratitude. It's almost irresistible when my kids approach me like that. And I believe the true same of our heavenly father. This morning, I was getting ready. It was about 5.45 a.m. And my four-year-old Nessa who all three of our girls were sleeping downstairs in the living room last night. They had a special time together. And so they're all three down there. Jess and I are upstairs. Clay's upstairs, our son. And all of a sudden, I'm getting ready. It's early morning. No one's awake yet except me. And I just hear Nessa start to scream in terror. 
She gets a little scared these days. And all of a sudden, I can hear Novi trying to comfort her. And then I can hear running footsteps. Nessa gets scared, and she books it to, to our room and to find me. I mean, you know, the, imagine the image of a, of a four-year-old running full speed, footsteps up the stairs while screaming as if someone's chasing you. It's that kind of fear. And she grabs me and she, she locks on and she's looking around in our house. I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. And, and in those moments, I get to be her dad. And what she's doing right there is she's running to me, her father. She's running to me in the midst of her fear. And I'm getting to share with her how to live with wisdom. And this morning, I had, to, I had to explain to her, you can lay in my bed now. And Jess wasn't in our bed. She was in with Clay. We're all over the place. <laughs> you can lay in my bed now, Nessa, but I, I'm going to keep getting ready in the bathroom. I have to shave my beard a little bit, trim my beard. I have to get ready. I'm getting ready to go to church, but I'm going to be right there. I'll leave the light on. I'm going to be right there in that room. Don't worry, you can even hear me getting ready. And she's looking around like this while I'm explaining this. And you know what I'm doing? I'm teaching her wisdom, the application of knowledge. I'm saying, listen, I'm here. You don't have to be afraid. The way you apply this knowledge is you can go back to sleep. That's wisdom. And I went back in. I proceeded to shave. I kept on peeking in at her. She woke up a couple more times, but eventually she was back out and happily asleep. And I just believe that that's exactly how it is with God, our Father. I mean, that's what it is. We run to him. And maybe you haven't run to him. Maybe you need to be more like four-year-old Nessa and just run to him. Part of the way you store up his command within you is you obey the command to ask him. So all the other sources are fine. The people who speak into your life, wherever you get your counsel, good, but run to your father today. Be like Nessa. You might be screaming, running to him. You might be afraid. You might be filled with anxiety, but he's going to cuddle you up. He's going to cuddle you right up. He's going to speak words of life into you, and he's going to teach you how to live with wisdom in the midst of whatever moment you're in. Isn't that good news? So, Lord, I give you thanks for your promises to us, our yes and amen. You are faithful to every promise you have made. And we've been focusing this year on the promises that you've given us. What is it that we can take to the bank? And you have told us that especially in the midst of trials, that you will give us wisdom. You will allow us to apply the truth. Perhaps we feel like we've had a lot of the truth given to us. We may have heard a thousand sermons. We may have read all the books, but we can't seem to settle down. We can't seem to be at peace. We can't seem to walk with joy. Lord, give us the wisdom to apply the knowledge. Give us the wisdom to apply the truths of your word, to actually walk in the way of Jesus, to actually taste of the fruit of your Holy Spirit. Give us the wisdom. In Jesus' name. We're going to sing this song, church. And this song says, I am who you say I am. So keep praying for wisdom, calling on God. And as you do it, remember, you're his beloved. And he wants to answer his promise to you. Let's sing. And church, if perhaps, if perhaps you don't know if you're a child of God, I encourage you right now, pray with me, Lord. I recognize my need. I put my faith in you, and I don't even fully understand what that means, but I need you. I call on you. I run to you 
with my childlike self. I run to you. I need to be in your arms. I need your wisdom. I need your forgiveness. I fall so far short. Forgive me, Lord. I commit my whole heart to you. I hear your call to follow, and I say yes. I want to follow you, Jesus. And perhaps, church, you just need to once again humble yourself in faith and ask for wisdom. Lord, we want to fill, we want to store up your commands within us. I want to store up your commands like I stored up candy when I was 10. I want to treat it like a priceless treasure that I hide away and can always access. I want to store up your commands, and I want wisdom to enter my heart, Lord. I ask for more wisdom than I've ever had before. I ask for the wisdom of the living God, the wisdom of heaven, to invade my whole mind, my whole heart. I'm not satisfied with what a certain man or woman may tell me. I want the wisdom of heaven. Lead us onward as a church, we pray, God. We're so thankful for this facility, God. We're so thankful for this land, this land of grace that you have given. Give us wisdom as you build your church here and as the lost are found here and as orphans find homes here and as those who are bound up find freedom here. We ask for wisdom from heaven, living God. We thank you, and we believe you're giving us the wisdom even as we ask for it. And we also commit that our answer is just yes to you. Our answer, our pre-answer is yes, Lord. And we just thank you today in Jesus' name. We would love to walk with you and support you. Amen. You guys can give thanks. If we can help you with anything, you can reach out to us at gracelandchurch.com. Hello at gracelandchurch.com. Uh, to get through. I'm going to dismiss us row by row after I pray this benediction. Um, So we'll start with the front. This side can go out these doors. This side can go out these doors. The idea is that we're not congregating. So it's just kind of like single file. You can find your way right through there. You can drop anything in the uh, giving station if you'd like on your way out. Feel free if you need to use the bathroom before you come home, just slip out and swing right back around in the foyer and use the bathroom. We're just going to keep this flow as far as our direction. Um, Feel free to take envelopes as a reminder as well if you want to prepare giving before services. But let me pray this benediction. Uh, We'll be back at it next week, Lord willing. I'm excited for it. Let me pray this over you. May the majesty of the Father be the light by which you walk. The compassion of the Son be the love by which you walk. The presence of the Spirit be the power by which you walk. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Love you guys. Let's do first two rows first.